I found this this Vice article from 2017 about how weirdly Crazy Frog has maintained a really devoted and slightly peculiar following over the years. And the writer from Vice heads into uh, Crazy Frog Tumblr and finds a lot of <laughs> fumblings of a sexual nature. Um, really? Weird sort of meme sexualized stuff to that people seem to be outputting. So maybe it did tick some box for people of a, a certain age that they then, I don't know, like a coming of age. <laughs> In a way, it's like a natural, it's completely natural that Crazy Frog fandom lives on online because this is really like the quintessential early internet story. Like I had no idea really until I looked into it where you know, Crazy Frog come from. I just thought oh, it was on that ringtone advert. But, you know, we've talked a bit about the origins and everything and it is maybe looking back we could say maybe the first internet meme that went mainstream even though most people didn't know it had that origin but this is a story that couldn't have happened at any other time than this short late 90s early 2000s period where Mm. this sound recording the Swedish teenager who recorded it put it on a website this is when people just had their own websites and they put random stuff on there like a scrapbook then it made its way onto file sharing platforms you know you remember the days of LimeWire etc and that's where the animator found the file because it had been spread around so much and then eventually it ends up being used to sell ringtones which again had a very short shelf life in historical terms and one thing I found really interesting when you look at the evolution of Crazy Frog is that nobody thought anything about taking other people's stuff like Mm. Mm. because there was no there was no conception that you could make big money out of something that was on the internet. So people thought nothing about taking these files and using them for their own purposes, whereas now there'd be a massive Twitter call-out immediately if someone tried to do that. But actually, the whole thing seems quite amicable. I mean, as you say, Mm. Arian, maybe it's because um, Vernquist actually clearly is full of self-loathing for his involvement in this. But um, (laughs) when the kid who'd done the original noise got in touch with the animator and said, that's my voice that you're using... As far as I can tell, they came to like a reasonable agreement about splitting the royalties. And when he licensed the frog to Jamster, who were the company that put it on the ringtone commercial, there don't seem to be any complaints about that either, which actually is really rare. When this kind of viral success happens, normally someone gets shafted, don't they? And for years afterwards, they complain about it. But in this situation, maybe because they're Scandinavians and Germans, they've just been like, yeah, it's (laughs) fine. Like We're happy with how this went. I wonder if that is bound in with the certain degree of shame that they all feel for being involved in the project in the first place. Yeah, but if it paid for a house, you'd kind of you'd, the shame would be seasonal at least. That's true. And uh, yeah, one of the one of the figures that I found floating around was that the revenues that have been brought in by Crazy Frog uh, now amount to qu- quarter of a Big billion frog. pounds. <laughs> Big frog. Um, yeah, quarter of a billion pounds. You'd think that there'd be massive amounts of fighting and disputing and, mm. and you know, like lawyers. bad blood. I imagine, over, though, you know, that. that they probably all just feel deep down like they just got incredibly lucky. Can yeah. you imagine the sparsity of the internet in those days that you could record yourself imitating a motorcycle <laughs> and somehow be propelled to this level of stardom? Like, if you put that into YouTube now, you would find tens of thousands of videos of people imitating a motorbike. And none of them would touch the purity of the crazy frog. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to know, though, Arian, was this the same in Australia? Uh, well, actually, I wasn't in Australia in uh, in 2005. I was already... This is where he finally that? outs himself as a secret agent. Yeah. <laughs> I always wondered. Yeah, so I, I can't possibly talk about this. Um, suave for a journalist. Yeah. No, I, I was in Spain the year that this came out, and it also 
tormented people in the exact same way. Um, so yeah, there were there. El frog there loco. Same, it's a shame you weren't in australia because actually the crazy frog did do a tour of adelaide uh, shopping malls and hospitals i heard i i i I don't know about you but if i was like recovering from a drug-induced coma that's the last thing i would want to see stomping through the wards (laughs) just be like are these drugs working what's going on is it a good or a bad thing i can see a five-foot frog with a motorcycle helmet but i also love the fact that there is a crazy frog you know it was like he toured as if there there couldn't be crazy frogs touring in multiple countries simultaneously it was like the australia frog the australia tour of crazy frog and there was just so much money sloshing around in ringtones as well in 2003 uh, ringtone sales overtook cd single sales like this was massive massive business and then billboard initiated charts to track the number one ringtone at any given moment and it only actually finished in 2014 yeah. uh, and can you guess which was the song that Ooh. was the number one ringtone in 2014 when billboard stopped tracking this i mean obviously my knowledge of pop music stops in around about 2008 anyway yeah. So, in fact, it was Taylor Swift with Shake It Off, which I think would make a spectacular uh, ringtone to this day. Yeah, but only in the modern style, as in a sample, like not in the Nokia right. style. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. ding, ding, ding. Yeah. I mean, that would just sound like Crazy Frog again. Yeah, and that was the thing, that, that a lot of this coincided with the development of that polyphonic rather than monophonic ringtones, which made it possible for people to yeah. play songs that actually sounded like the song rather than just dinging and donging. What was the last monophonic ringtone you had? Oof. And you're not allowed to say diddle da da diddle da da diddle da da I was always quite partial to the one that goes You know that one? Oh yeah. Don't. I'm terrible at music. So that might be No, no, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, well, do you think about like 2015 we all Well, not even 2015, 20 I don't know. 2006 we all realized how incredibly antisocial and obnoxious it is to have random snatches of song playing so my out loud on silent now and yeah. i just don't have yeah i remember i went to see um a stonemason uh about my father's tombstone and <laughs> turn it we around Ollie, turn it around <laughs> whilst we were in the consultation uh, her phone rang and it was it was something like taylor swift i can't remember exactly what it was but it was the most hilariously jarring combination of circumstance and choice of song if you worked in the tombstone industry you would probably want to tone that down some sort of adagio yeah (laughs) yeah but then that would be actually even more comical in its own way wouldn't it if you had a death related song i don't know if i think it would be better than t-pain (laughs) <laughs> mine was inspector gadget thanks for asking oh good That's <laughs> which i nice. did pay for like three pounds from was it a reference no to good. the fact that you had a sophisticated modern gadget to play it off no i could just like the tune i mean it is a banger to be fair if inspector yeah. gadget had uh covered axel f it'd be the biggest <laughs> hit of all time yeah. 